is this is a football podcast, man. Meat, football, good. Man, we talk football. We eat burgers. <laughs> Welcome back to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. Josh Johnson, Ben Watts in the driver's seat with you. We're talking fantasy football. I'm here with my good buddy, Ben. Week eight. How are you doing? Uh, well, <laughs> Week eight at like the last possible second. <laughs> yeah, no, we're, we're recording this one a little bit later than we normally do. But you know what? It's fine. I don't care. I t- we do not care about any of this. That is all noise to us. All of it is noise. Don't listen to uh, it. We did. It. It is honestly somewhat intentional. We were waiting for the trade deadline, uh, yep. and we wanted to do this episode with the benefit of the knowledge of who got traded. So now we know so this, who all got moved. We get to talk so about it. This could it. be a longer episode. It could very well be. And, of course, nobody is upset because they love it. I, I Well, I hope they do. <laughs> uh, we, we have got, a pretty steady view of listeners, so obviously somebody likes there. Somebody out there some, likes it. Some nut job likes the garbage that we put out. <laughs> We've got weekly weenies, week eight takeaways. You're darn right. We have weekly weenies. It's it's been favorite segment of the week because somebody sucks every week. It's the only thing that can get him excited. Uh, and just tearing have, someone down. <laughs> it brings you. <laughs> Tearing Such someone joy. down who is so much more successful than me in every single <laughs> aspect of their life, and they have no idea who I am, nor will they ever know who I am. But guess what? I'm going to yell at you. Fair enough. I mean, that's what fantasy football is, right? It's people who are otherwise irrelevant yelling at successful people. They do not care about us. <laughs> the only person who does is Austin Eckler. That's he right. cares about fantasy. That's right. He does. We've also got a full breakdown of the trades from the deadline, so we will dive into each and every one of those and talk about the fantasy implications. Probably a little bit of dynasty in there as well, but why don't we hop into does, it? Let's just lead things. Love a dynasty. Let's just lead things straight off. Um, we're going to talk about week eight here for a second uh, before we get into the trade. So from the Sunday games, Ben, what did you take away? What stuck with you from Sunday? My biggest takeaway is that DeAndre Hopkins is back to being a bona fide top five wide receiver for fantasy and real life once again. I mean, I don't think many people were saying he was bad, but I know it was just, it was tough when you were drafting him because of the suspension, all this other stuff. Um, But yeah, I mean, it's, it's locked and loaded. I don't know who I dropped out of my top five to put him in, but I know he's in it kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I just, we dropped our uh, ranking. So we're recording this on Wednesday. Uh, we dropped our top 10 at each position uh, for this coming week, for week nine. And I had Hopkins at three. Uh, granted, they're playing the Seahawks, so that kind of inflates that a little bit. But he is absolutely in there. Plus, Cooper Cup has an ankle injury that we're not 100% sure about. So Hopkins is, I mean, he is in I think the rest mix. of the season, he's top five. Dude had 14 targets his first game back. He had 13 targets last week. He's getting 10 plus catches a game. He scored this past week. Like, I don't. 
I mean, you know, he's not going to have this insane amount of production every single week. But the targets, I don't think, are going anywhere. So unless he gets hurt, I mean, I'm firing up a guy who's getting 15 targets a week. I mean, as a top five wide receiver, no question. Yeah, I've got him as my wide receiver seven rest of season, but I think I'd have to bump that up. Yeah, it's I it's had just so going difficult. into this past week, I had T. Higgins ahead of him incorrectly. Um, I don't know. I don't know which of the big five I kind of drop out. Well, why don't we put? It I think the I would. Then. Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. So, are you taking? Let Let's do this. Our top three. I'm going to guess. Is mostly secure. It's Cooper Cup is my one. My two. I is think Justin I have Diggs Jefferson. at one right now. You have Diggs at one. Okay. I've got Cup, Jefferson, Diggs is my top three. I think I would go. Yeah, I probably agree with that. I'm I'm lowering a little bit on on Jefferson. Not a ton. I still got him. I've probably got him at two or three. Yeah. Cup Jeff. Diggs, Cup, Jefferson. I've, I think I've got him at four. I'm putting him ahead of um, ahead of Devonte. Yeah, he's ahead of Devonte for me. Yeah, I mean Jefferson for me. So they've had they've had a bye week already, and he has not scored a touchdown since week one. And he is currently the. I mean, he's still five. getting like twenty points a week. Like he's right. He's a guy that doesn't need the score to be a fantasy stud. So when he He's scores, you just win that week. Yeah. So the three in some order, it's Cup, Jefferson, Diggs, and then Tyreek Hill's my four. Tyreek, yeah. I would put him at... Yeah, it's hard to put D-Hop over Tyreek, even though I think... Yeah. Tyreek at four. I would put Hopkins at five, and right. Devontae Adams drops out of my top five. Yeah, I've got Adams and A.J. Brown above Hopkins right now. Are you leaving it like that, or would you change it? I think I would leave it. I just... I, I so think i, I got to go over A.J. Brown just be, just for the pure security of it. I mean, it's it, it sort of it depends on what kind of wide receiver you want. Now, I know Hopkins had a blow-up week, um, but he's more of the high volume he's incredibly safe yeah he's super safe he doesn't blow up the way aj brown does and i feel like aj brown has an element of that jamar chase effect where he can just win you a week by himself he did it for me in a couple leagues this past week i mean he just he scores three touchdowns and you just win it just if we're talking i mean dynasty aj brown is three for me right now yeah Uh, he's he's right in the behind jefferson and chase so rest of season you're taking Hopkins, you're taking him over Amon Ra. You're taking him over Adams. You're taking yep. him over AJ Brown. I would prefer Adams and AJ Brown, but it is, it's kind of picking nits. We're splitting point. hairs here. Like these are, if you have any of these guys, you feel really good about them. Yeah. My takeaway is first of all, this week, not this week, this year has been maybe one of the weirdest years of fantasy I've ever played. It's so strange. It is so odd. And I don't I don't know exactly why. I'm enjoying it and yet not enjoying it at the same time. Because like it's it is more fun because it brings a little more intrigue. There's more surprises every single week. 
Yeah, but it's also super frustrating. Scoring is just down this year. I think prior to this past week, this past week was a pretty great week for fantasy in general. But prior to last week, I think I saw a stat that says uh, scoring was down 20% from the year prior. Because I think the uh, the average points per game were like 25 points per game last year, and it's down closer to 20 this year. Yeah. So it... It's pretty weird. I mean, it feels like the players that are at the top of their positions haven't been as dominant in years past. Now, you know, Stefan Diggs and Tyreek Hill have been incredible. And so they picked up right where they left off, if not better than they were. Yeah, I think it's the running backs have been super weird. And I, I, I think that's probably what it is. Running backs, usually you can count on them, especially in half PPR, which we play barring the majority. Injury. Yeah, the majority of our leagues are half PPR. And so in those leagues, traditionally, running backs are dominant. So you need to have multiple dominant running backs. And, I mean, this year, the running back one is Nick Chubb. The running back two is Austin Eckler. Eckler doesn't surprise me. Chubb does. Chubb is very surprising. Eckler is, yeah, it's not really surprising. I kind of figured it before the season. But based on where these guys are being drafted, I mean, Christian McCaffrey looks like he will return value on his draft price. He was going as like the RB1 or 2, depending on who you were talking to. Jonathan Taylor has been a complete the bust. The poor fools who took <laughs> who took Taylor at 1. And yeah. I'm not going to lie. I, I had no draft spots from the 101 this year, which is crazy. But if I had, I probably would have taken Jonathan Taylor. And... That was a bad call. That yeah, I I did have one draft where I had the one one, and I took Taylor instead of McCaffrey. That league, I'm still winning the league though, but it has been weird. Anyway, all of that to say, my takeaway is that those stud running backs from the 2017 draft class, they're the running backs that you want to have this year. 2022 is basically a rehash at running back from 2019. Christian McCaffrey, Alvin Kamara, Derrick Henry, Dalvin Cook. Uh, You could throw Joe Mixon in there, I guess, and Leonard Fournette. Austin Eckler. Yeah, these guys that are dominating are guys that have been around the block a little bit. Now, there's a sprinkling of new guys, like Ramondre is in there, uh, Saquon Barkley. But it's the new guys that you weren't betting on. Right. Like I feel like everybody wants to be clever, and we're no exception of like, all right, this is the year, like, all right, I'm staying away from Dalvin Cook. I'm staying away from Alvin Kamara. Like that age cliff is coming. I'm betting on the youth of Jonathan Taylor. I'm betting on the youth of DeAndre Swift and Javante Williams and all those guys. And all of the vets were like, no, 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 no. We are still elite and there's a reason for it. Yeah. It's been super odd (laughs) to say the least. I think just you expect, I mean, one, you expect Jonathan Taylor to continue. You expect DeAndre Swift to stay healthy much more than he has. Uh, Some of these guys that I think everybody collectively was super high on haven't really returned the way we wanted to. And this is honestly the first year I can remember where if you went zero, zero running back, you went wide receiver heavy in your first few rounds, you're probably doing really well. If you left your draft, yeah, if you left your draft with like Justin Jefferson, Tyreek Hill, um, you know, Mike Evans, T. Higgins, or something. And that means your running backs 
are probably guys like Ramondre Stevenson and guys like that. So. Damian Pierce, Josh Jacobs, and you're getting top 10 production out of guys. Top five that, sometimes. Yeah, that nobody expected to be great. So, you know, I had that experience in one league where it was super flex, so quarterbacks go early, but I ended up with, I think it was Cooper Cup, Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins. I did take Swift early. But those three receivers have kind of been the backbone of that team. That's the reason why I'm winning games, not the running back position, obviously, because Swift hasn't really been playing. So it's been a weird year. Do you think we kind of – because I was kind of in the same boat too. I This year I leaned way more heavily into wide receivers than I do running backs because normally I, did too. I go very robust running back. Do we think this continues in the next year? Is it no. is the league transitioning enough to where it's wide receivers and for fantasy are just as good, if not better, than running backs? I'm not sure. I, I think that the running back position goes in phases. Um I think the twenty twenty three and twenty twenty four draft classes at running back are really, really solid. And so I think you could see an influx of super talented young running backs that end up being exciting yeah so i think it could flip back to where running backs are super dominant scoring is up things like that i think what we've got is the young running backs are either injured in the case of javante Brees hall or they're it's a combination of they're injured or their offense is just a complete mess a la deandre swift jonathan taylor so those are four of what a lot of people thought, honestly, were you know top eight running backs in the NFL, and they are not returning that right now. So and that, it's not necessarily their fault. It's just yeah, right. I mean, if it's an injury, like it's obviously not. It's a fluke, but um, it's it's just a little bit different. So all that to say, I did. I think in dynasty, I think you need to build your dynasty squads starting at wide receiver and then get your running backs. I don't know if people have been doing that in the past, but I think if you get two or three good receivers, then you can go trade for those picks or make moves to get running backs. Running backs are the piece that they win you the championships, but they're the last piece you need to add. Right. And I think even last year, I was thinking you got to get those running backs set You want to get two really good young ones, three great young running backs, and then you can go trade for the receivers. And I think it's the other way around. Uh, And if you've got the great receivers, you start there. You get two or three really good ones in the case of a one-quarterback league, then go grab your running backs, then go grab your tight end. And I think that's sort of the hierarchy for the way it needs to go. If you're building a redraft team, if you want to go you know, zero running back, I think... If you do it correctly, it's a viable draft strategy. But I, I did not think that 18 months ago. That's something that I didn't even think about trying until like August of this year. I was like, you know what? Well, it's like it's been so ground in. Like, no, you got running back, running back, running back, running back, running back. Yeah. Yeah. And so obviously this year, the stud, the known commodities at wide receiver have all returned value. So yeah. it's it's, it's just good. years of playing fantasy that you're having to break the old habits because right. the league's changing, so you gotta change with it. Right. Yeah, let's uh let's hop into the trades. Oh boy. 
Trade number one, TJ Hawkinson opened things up on uh, boy. deadline day. The Detroit Lions traded stud tight end Hawkinson and two fourth-round picks, one of them a conditional fourth, to division rival Vikings for a 2023 second-round pick and a 2024 third-round pick. That's pretty good draft capital, I would think. But, I mean, also giving two-fourths or getting two-fourths in return, that's that's pretty good. I don't know. I, I think it's a good trade. Kind of a lateral move for Hawkinson, fantasy-wise. He was a safety valve for um, Jared Goff. He's going to be a safety valve in... Uh, I can't... Even, Vikings, sorry. Kirk Cousins? Just kind of space, spaced out there. Obviously, Justin. this doesn't really affect Justin Jefferson, I don't think. Justin Severance is going to get his targets no matter who is added to this offense. Unless you're adding Cooper Cup, I'm not worried about Justin Jefferson. Yeah. Um, probably hurts Thielen a little bit, but at the same time, it's going to open things up for Thielen. Not really worried about Dalvin Cook. So, yeah, it's, it's probably lateral for Hawkinson. Yeah, I think the only potential, like, genuine winner out of this trade is Amon Ross St. Brown. Just because... Absolutely. Holy cow, dude. Yeah, maybe it's only narratively. I I don't know how it will actually translate to real-life football, but at least the narrative is now shifted to where Amon Ross St. Brown is Jared Goff's safety blanket. He is the funnel for the offense. And I know DeAndre Swift is super important, uh, but he is... He's not a bell cow. And TJ Hawkinson was getting a pretty large target volume for the tight end position. Now that goes away, and they didn't replace the tight end. I mean, they're literally playing nobodies no. at tight end rest of season. So it's you know how much I like down. you know how much I like Hawkinson. He's yeah. a he's a my guy for me. But we think- uh, well, we put out a uh it's on the Patreon right now, I think, but a buy low of three guys, and one of them was Amon Ross St. Brown. And because of the injury, his values dipped a little bit. But he's not hes not cheap per se. But if you can get him for a reasonable deal with no Hawkinson, we saw what he did last year. And, I mean, Swift's not 100% either. So Amon Ross St. Brown is about to be a league winner if he stays healthy the rest of the year. Yeah, I also think if, if he plays this year, Jamison Williams could be pretty terrifying as well uh it it was looking like that offense was going to sort of parse out to where Jamison Williams was only going to be kind of a deep threat just because of the amount of pass catchers that they had now Hawkinson leaves and you replace him with I would imagine just like run blocking tight ends I don't even know who the guys are that are left I think his name is Brock Wright or something. I saw something somewhere that said who it was. I don't remember, and there's I don't see a big really or a big chance where I do remember because they have like two guys. I think it's yeah. probably going to flip flop between them. Which one has a good week? Which one doesn't? So I'm not picking up either, any of them off the waiver wire. I'm going to leave them there. It's not. It's good for good for Omner St. Brown. That's really and it's for Swift if he ever gets to full health. Right. The Miami Dolphins pulled a couple moves. First, they acquired Bradley Chubb, and they 
They got Chubb and a 2025 fifth-round pick. So that is way far away. Uh, and they sent off the 49ers' 2023 first-round pick, their own 24 fourth, and Chase Edmonds. That's a lot. That's a, that's a great deal, though. That is a phenomenal move. I saw – so that trade where the 49ers yeah, – Trey Lance. Yeah, the Trey Lance trade. The 49ers moved up to get him. They sent three first-round picks to Miami. Those three first-round picks have now turned into, along with some tertiary assets, they have turned into Bradley Chubb, Tyreek Hill, and who's the third one? Jalen Waddle. There you go. <laughs> That's <laughs> do that. insane. <laughs> They'll do that every day of the week. The Miami front office looks like geniuses right now. Yeah, and that's that's not even to mention the Laramie Tunsil trade, where they also got three first round picks. That's the one that did it, I think. Is it the Tunsil trade? Maybe. Now, pretty sure it was because didn't they get three first from San Francisco for the? I, I could they did, for Trey yeah, Lance. I could have sworn that's what it was, and they traded Tunsil. I saw something Houston, about right? it from being Laramie Tunsil, but like I think the Laramie Tunsil one. That's the one that kind of started the spiral of draft pick trading. I don't for remember. the. Uh, I do know they got three firsts for Trey Lance. No matter what, yes, they, Miami has done a great job. Great job. The slept-on part of this was they snuck in Chase Edmonds into the deal. It looked like he was getting phased out of the offense. Uh, so it's kind of a salary dump because if you remember, first day of him. free agency, they paid him like $30 million or something. They got rid of all that. Uh, and then to compensate... Mike McDaniel said, let's bring in another 49ers running back to pair with Raheem Mostert. They went and got Jeff Wilson for a fifth rounder. Yep. That's, That's a great a move. move. That's a great move. Jeff Wilson. I mean, Jeff Wilson phenomenal. is going from Shanahan's system to Mike McDaniel's system, which is essentially the same system. So, yeah. The only thing is, obviously, Raheem Mostert has been the starter for them. And he's kind of been a bell cow the past five weeks or so. I'm curious to see how quickly or how much Jeff Wilson integrates into that rushing offense. He also could be a pass catcher, so he could be their third down back as well. You know, he's he's now one injury away from being a phenomenal fantasy asset. Because and usually you can count on a Raheem Mostert injury. It has been a trend that Raheem Mostert will get a season-ending injury. <laughs> if I'm going to bet on one player every single season to get injured, but I can only bet on one, it's going to be Raheem Mostert. And Rashad Penny. Yeah, that's a good one, too. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Jeff Wilson, his fantasy value looked like it was headed to the dumpster when the 49ers went and got Christian McCaffrey. Now it has rebounded itself a little bit. He might even have some standalone value with Mostert there as well, but if Mostert gets hurt, obviously he's going to be a three-down back for the Dolphins, who score a lot of points. So that is really fun. Yep. Dolphins, are Dolphins. I think, are 100% making a wild card this year. They absolutely are. I mean, they have their defense is terrible. They need to figure that out. Obviously, Bradley Chubb helps. Um, I don't understand that move for... Denver, I really don't like. If you're know. out of it this year, like, why are you trading your best defender? See, I would get it if 
If they had lost in London, I think they would have been what would have been two and six if they lost. They're three and five now because they won. So they're not out of it yet. You've got Russell Wilson that you traded everything for. Like in my mind, you would still be trying to go all in and yeah, you're not, make it work. You're gonna lose more games now that you just lost your best pass rusher. Right. They still do have good pass rushers. So like the defense isn't gonna take a massive step back, but in that competitive of a division where you still have a shot, you would want to keep every single bullet that you've got in the chamber. You wouldn't be yeah. giving it away. Uh, granted, you know, they got a first round pick. So that's going to be nice. And but it's they the don't 49ers first round pick who they should be making the playoffs too. Right. And they, they don't have to pay Chubb's salary, which I assume is going to be north of $100 million. It's going to be a lot. So there is that. But... I don't know. On the Broncos side, it they are it looks like they gambled on Russ and lost and now they know they lost. Yeah, they Denver Denver's that sad situation like they're just they're stuck in the middle right now and I don't know which way they're going to try to claw into a rebuild or if they're going to try to claw their way back into contention. So, we'll see. The Chicago Bears look like they are believers in Justin Fields. They went and got so I mean he's he's looking he's looking a lot better. He is. Prior to this, this this is not actually on here because it's it's not relevant for fantasy, but they did trade away Roquan Smith to the Baltimore Ravens for a second round pick. They then traded their own second round pick, not the Ravens second. For Chase Claypool from the Steelers, so I heard that uh, the Packers were very, very close to getting Claypool. They had they had offered a second round pick for Claypool too, but since more than likely the Bears' second round pick is going to be higher, the Bears came in afterwards for their own second round pick and just essentially stole Claypool right out from under the Packers. That's incredible. <laughs> That's phenomenal. That is some division rival maneuvering right there. Because I don't even like Chase Claypool, and a lot of people are grading it as a pretty bad move, honestly, for the Bears. Like, why would you trade your second? You could get a better wide receiver for your second than Claypool, but maybe they were just doing that despite Aaron Rodgers. Potentially. I don't know that you would get a better receiver with that second. I mean, who knows? I mean, I don't know. It's it's a total crapshoot. You know, in the first round, it's the stud receivers that are somewhat known commodities. The second round is a little bit of a crapshoot. Like, you think about the second-round receivers from this past draft. It's Alec Pierce. It's Wondell Robinson. It's um, Christian Watson. And I think there was, you know, one or two other guys in there. But, yeah. I mean, they're they're fine, but they're not great. But, I mean, the second round, too, you've also had incredible receivers going the second round. A.J. Right. Brown, D.K. Metcalf were all second-round picks. Yeah. So. You could strike gold for sure. Uh, and Claypool was the odd man out in Pittsburgh. Like, I think he's talented. He just, I think, one, didn't have a quarterback that fit what he does well. And he just— Pickens had taken his job away, essentially. Pickens is a stud. That's another one of those second-round receivers. Pickens is a stud. So, you know, he just was odd out. But what I think this does for the Bears is if they decide to take a receiver with their first-round pick next year, let's say they get Jackson Smith and Jigbo 
uh, Jordan Addison. You add that to their receiver room that's currently Darnell Mooney, Chase Claypool, Valus Jones, that's not bad. I mean, that's something no. that Justin Fields can work with. And Khalil Herbert's a good running back, I think. I don't think Montgomery will be with the team next year, but that's just speculation. Even if he is, they'll have a good running back no matter what. So if they can somehow improve the offensive line in free agency, you're starting to look at a pretty good offense. Yeah, and their draft picks on defense this past year have panned out what looks like for the most part. I mean, that defense is pretty solid. Uh, and You usually you know, expect a solid defense from Chicago. You do. Granted, they did move Roquan. So, but, you know, he's an off-ball linebacker that they were going to have to pay, and they decided that that didn't fit it's, the rebuild timeline, so they moved off. Yeah, it's, it's kind of like, I guess we didn't mention this with TJ Hawkinson, but it's kind of the same thing. Like, you're in a rebuild, you're getting close to where your team is good, but you just can't pay these two guys coming up on contracts. Roquan was going to get paid a lot of money. TJ Hawkinson is a very good tight end. He was going to be worth a pretty penny. And they're like, this, you don't fit the system right now. Yeah, it's it's positions that are not premium positions. Like you pay up for quarterbacks, pass rushers, receivers, corners. Uh, but but like tight end, I mean, they're really nice. Obviously, if you got Kelsey, if you got Mark Andrews, like, yeah, you're going to pay those guys. And uh, I think I think Hawkinson really could be end up a, a special player. Like he's he's really solid as it is. And you've seen him flash the, that potential to where he could – eventually ascend into that Mark Andrews, Kelsey-esque tier if he can get some consistency. Yeah. But, like, it doesn't fit what the what the Lions need right now. Yeah. So with Claypool, I think it probably bumps him a little, but I don't know that it's it, a ton. I mean, I think Fields is better than, obviously, Trubisky or Pickens right now. And he steps into a situation to where by the end of the season he could take over the top role, top pass catching role in that offense. Yeah, I think he. There's definitely potential here. I I don't I expect think, any sort of fantasy consistency from him anytime soon, but at least for the time being, it is an improvement. For sure, I do think that Darnell Mooney's a better receiver right now than. Uh, Claypool is but Claypool gives you like that big outside jump ball receiver that can be somewhat of a safety blanket he's a freak he's he's nuts (laughs) he is nuts he is currently though the wide receiver 42 in standard 38 in PPR so is there room for him to be a decent wide receiver 3 I think that's possible I can see it. In the 11th hour, literally 10 minutes before the deadline was up, Naheem Hines was moved to the Buffalo Bills for Zach Moss and a 2023 sixth-round pick that has the potential to be a fifth. What was the uh, condition on that fifth? Was it like team record? I don't know. Probably something like that or or usage. I don't understand this move. (laughs) I, I don't get it. For Buffalo. Okay. Like, I guess a fifth-round pick isn't bad for Naheem Hines. And, I mean, maybe y'all can call me crazy, but they literally already had two of him, like James Cook and Devin Singletary. This is not saying that Naheem Hines is a bad player at all. He's excellent. Incredible receiving back. But they already had two of him. Like, James Cook is a great receiving back. 
Devin Singletary is a really good receiving back. Is Naheem Himes better than them? Probably. But like he you need a I think they need a hammer in that backfield, and he's just more of the same of what they already had. See, with Josh Allen being your real RB1, it gets it I don't know. It gets interesting. So I think Hines instantly is better than James Cook at what James Cook was drafted to do. He's he's Hines might be the best pass catching back. That's like that's his job. Obviously, is, Christian McCaffrey, he is like Austin fifth, Eckler do it really I well. I think but. in the past three years, he's fifth in receiving yards and receptions. To I think it's only like CMC, Eckler, Kamara, and I think there's one other guy that I can't think of. Anyway, I know he is fifth in that group. So that's a yep. pretty – those are pretty big names. I mean, we talk about J.D. McKissick being a really good pass-catching back. That true – like, he only comes in two-minute drills, third downs. Like, he's not – he's really not a running back. He's kind of a receiver that plays running back. Naheem Hines is that, but he's better than McKissick, and Buffalo obviously wanted McKissick in the offseason. They offered him a contract, and he declined it. Uh, so, Hines – He's better than James Cook. It really deflates Devin Singletary's value because I think they view Devin Singletary oh, yeah. as their between the 20s back. Obviously, Josh Allen is really their goal line back, and then Naheem Hines probably is now their pass catching back. But I think he is a good enough runner between the tackles that if Singletary were to get hurt, and that's probably where the team views it, if Singletary gets hurt and you need somebody to carry the load in the playoffs – I think you're fine doing that with Naheem Hines. I don't think you're fine doing that with James Cook right now. And so I no. felt like they probably wanted to secure the backfield for the stretch run, and they felt like Naheem Hines was going to do that. I mean, this is this is Buffalo, essentially. They are fully committing. Like, it's Josh Allen or bust. We're going to throw the ball 50 to 60 times a game. If our running backs can, as a whole can carry the ball 10, 12 times, get us 50 yards, I think they're ecstatic with that. And they're they're gonna be happy with it. Yeah, I don't really. So you said you don't understand it from Buffalo's side. I really don't understand it from Indianapolis' side because, I mean, Zach Moss in a sixth. I don't think Taylor's that's any hurt. better. Taylor's hurt. Yeah. So you're they're genuinely they're probably gonna start Deion Jackson at running back this Sunday. So, and it's only Deion Jackson. I guess they have Philip Lindsay still, right? Yeah, they got Philip Lindsay, and they got Zach Moss, but he won't know the playbook. He won't get to play much. So, yeah. Zach Moss is no CMC, so it's not like he's going to come right in and have a package on right. the he's first gonna game. He's going to come in and maybe be a healthy scratch, just like he was in Buffalo all year long. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so I don't know. I guess Jonathan Taylor, if he would play, you would feel slightly better about him, but... It's been so tough to watch him this year, and the ankle doesn't help things. I don't know that it really matters. When he Taylor. when he does come back and it's officially back, this is better. This is good for him because, I mean, I guess the targets are going to go to him now because he he's got he was getting relatively consistent usage in the receiving game. Nothing close to obviously receiving backs, but he's getting three targets a game or something like that. So that's pretty good. So if that bumps up to five targets a game, I mean, that's you feel really good about Taylor. It, it bumps his floor up at least. Yeah. 
I, you're right. I think it does bump his floor. Um, and since he seems to not really have a floor this year, that is helpful. Some sort of consistency, at least. Please. Final trade. Oh, boy. Calvin Ridley was Here moved we to the Jacksonville Jaguars for, and this is, I, I feel like Zach Galifianakis in that one movie doing the math calculations and looking like a total idiot. The conditional picks in this trade are super conditional. I think they're uh, both conditional. So, it's like a conditional fifth and a conditional second. Yes, and they're so conditional that the second can turn into a fifth and the fifth could turn into a second, depending on the conditions that are conditional. It's so weird. I think, like, <laughs> obviously he has to play for him next year, and then, like, for the fifth to become a second or something like that, or the... Or for that the twenty twenty four second to not be a fifth, he has to like end up signing like a long term deal or something. Like it was, it's a really weird, weird, uh, weird trade. Yeah, I think there's a threshold for his extension that he would presumably sign with the Jaguars, and then the pick, based on the extension, the amount of snaps that he plays, and team record, those picks would become potentially more valuable. So. If he signs a lucrative extension, uh, the team wins X number of games and Calvin Ridley plays X number of games himself, you could end up having a 24-second and a 23-second in this deal. We need that. Because otherwise, this is a really stupid trade. <laughs> I, I mean, for real, like, I, I get the concerns about Calvin Ridley, but if something happens and, like, this ends up being, like, two-fifths, like, or I guess... I guess it wouldn't be like that because obviously if he ends up being good, then you do get two seconds. Right. I I don't know. Yeah, who knows? It's good for it's great for Calvin Ridley's fantasy value because you don't want him on an offense next year with Marcus Mariota. Andy has the deal with Kyle Pitts and Drake London, so right. now he's stepping into a situation with a quarterback that at least we think is ascending in fantasy. He obviously didn't look at this past week, but a quarterback who's still developing. Um, he's got good pass catchers in that offense already. Christian Kirk, Travis Etienne, and Ridley has a good chance to take over the one spot. Right. I I think he would slot in as the one over Christian Kirk, but it gives... I, I mean, it, I feel like it's pretty cut and dry. Like, if Ridley is... The Ridley that we saw in Atlanta, I guess a year ago now, uh, or it's not really a year ago. It's like two years ago. Two years is when he was really good. We last saw him on the field a year ago. Right. He was okay, but then he got hurt. So I don't think we really actually saw him before the and suspension much. And then he quit. He hit and really he bet on a game. Issues. That's right. Yeah, it was a whole thing. So obviously, His mental health issues with underdog. Right. I think uh, I think it's a good trade for Jacksonville, just because if he is what we think he is, oh, yeah. and you know you, I mean at worst you paid two second round picks for a wide receiver one. I mean in today's NFL you do that. It's a great move for Jacksonville, I think. Yeah, you do because now so fast. they don't need to like assuming health, they don't need to add. They can use their first round pick next year on a different position altogether. Like they don't need to add offensive weapons anymore. Ridley, right. Christian Kirk, Travis Etienne, 
is a phenomenal core for um, for Trevor Lawrence. So now they can improve the defense, or they can get an offensive lineman, or something else. And I think the the obviously they want to win games during the NFL, but Calvin Ridley won't play any snaps for you this year, which means the team is going to continue to suck. And then next year, when they have their nice shiny first round, a very pick, high first round pick. Yeah, you can go get a great corner because it's probably a top 10 pick. And then, oh, yeah, we have our wide receiver one as well because Calvin Ridley comes back. So you're getting – they pre-ordered their wide receiver one for next year. <laughs> I like it. Uh, all right, let's talk about a couple guys who didn't get traded, talk about what it means. Uh, run sad. us through them, Ben. Give us kind of the lowdown real quick. Uh well, we have lamented him many times on this show. Cam Akers looks like he is going to be staying with the LA Rams. I don't know what they're doing with him. Are is are they gonna start rolling him out again? Is he gonna be the RB one? Because currently, their running back situation and really offense as a whole is horrible. Daryl Henderson apparently can't beat out. Um, Mar who's it? Marlon Brown and something Rivers. Malcolm Brown and Ronnie Malcolm Rivers. Brown, Ronnie Rivers, and apparently Daryl Henderson is not as good as those guys. So if Cam Akers does end up playing, he should be the RB one. But I'm I've heard stuff that like he's done with the Rams. It's just an ugly situation. Yeah, it's super weird. And I it's wish super murky. I wish they traded him to Buffalo or um I don't know something somewhere. <laughs> I Some, think anywhere else. There were several teams that reached out and offered trade packages for Acres, or at least Acres was. Maybe he wasn't the trade target, but he was part of the return, and the Rams turned him down. So, I don't really know what it means. I don't know what it means. I guess that the means season. they want to use him. If you're turning down trades for him, is they have plans for him? You're not just going to cut him. Yeah, I am, and maybe it's because I have a glass half full approach with Cam Acres because I'm fond of him. but You've done this for two years now. Yeah. I, it's very possible that they view him as their primary running back down the stretch run for the season. So, you know, Darrell Henderson hasn't... I mean, you, you put it pretty simply. Darrell Henderson has not really been exciting at running back. Obviously, Akers hasn't either. But, you know, he's 23 years old. He was a highly, highly touted draft prospect. It's just the Achilles injury and the offensive line for the Rams has been pretty bad this year. So there's a lot of mitigating factors. I'm not really excited about acres. Obviously it's super possible that he does absolutely nothing as a healthy scratch rest of season, but in the other end of the spectrum, he could end up being their primary running back and be, uh, I don't know, RB three or something, uh, that has some, maybe some flex value, but it's a weird situation for acres right now. And I don't like it. I feel bad for Akers. I feel bad for Kareem Hunt, too. Yeah. A fourth-round pick, I feel like, is... If you're a competing team and you want Kareem Hunt, like, that's that's worth it to me. I thought... That, I really thought he was going to go to the Rams. Because they do not care about draft picks. So, like, all right, here's a fourth-round pick. We'll take Kareem Hunt. Yeah. <laughs> they are the classic F-them picks team and apparently and now Miami yeah, Miami does not care about their first round picks but I wouldn't either because they're I wouldn't if you get in Tyreek Hill <laughs> and Jalen Waddle and Bradley Chubb for them yeah that's that's great take them all so 
Kareem Hunt will be staying. It's annoying. He will not be taking a leap, obviously, unless um, Nick Chubb goes down, in which case he's an RB1, but that's same story as every year. Maybe they, uh, I mean, I guess he, they may let him walk in free agency. He is a free agent in this year, right? Yeah, he, he is. So maybe he'll have one more year of value if he walks somewhere. So Elijah Moore, Brandon Cooks. I thought both of them were going to get moved, and neither one. I was desperately hoping that out of left field, the Chargers would trade for one of them. Honestly, the Chargers, the Packers, uh, Aaron Rodgers got to be pissed right now. <laughs> He's they like they did they didn't even improve the defense like they did nothing. No, I mean that, but that's par for the course of this front offense. Front office, yeah. I mean they they just don't make big swings. They are super conservative. That's why and they have won a like, Super Bowl in yeah a, one over Super a Bowl in twenty with Aaron Rodgers and you have years. one Super Bowl. That's terrible. Yeah, but with since you have Aaron Rodgers, you figure, okay, he'll figure it out. He's one of the five best quarterbacks in the NFL. He just won two MVPs. He'll be fine. He'll figure out the offense. We just need to get the defense right. Problem is, he's 38 years old. When you have no weapons. are terrible. Unfortunately, Romeo Dobbs is not going to cut it. I thought Elijah Moore was going to the Packers. I really did. I thought they were going to make a move for him. He's on his rookie deal. Um, you know, he obviously is not happy in New York, but it was not to be, and that's really depressing. Ben, hit us with the weekly weenies. It's about that time. If your name's on here, you don't feel good about yourself. You shouldn't feel good about yourself, and you should... We need to get, like, a situation where we get Denzel Washington in to yell at them like he did in um, Remember the Titans, to, to really motivate <laughs> these guys. Because you're not doing anything for us, all right? Oh, brother. And it starts with you, Daniel Jones. You finally, after all this time, your team's 6-1. and one. You're giving people hope. Your past two weeks, he's actually done pretty well for fantasy. I started him in a league because Justin Herbert was on a bye. Like, all right, let's get this man in. You know, he's rushing for 100 yards a game. He's straight up a running back. Look, get him in. Get him in as my... As my bye week fill in, and you scored me nine points, Daniel. Nine points. It's unacceptable. It is unacceptable. Your name is no longer Danny Dimes. It is Danny Duty. <laughs> this is an official name change for Daniel Jones. Moving on, we've talked about him a lot. Not a ton to say here. Jonathan Taylor, you keep crapping the bid over and over and over. And I don't fully blame you. Your offense is an absolute dumpster fire. You have no quarterback. Your offensive line is not opening things up for you. There's no receivers outside of Michael Pittman to open up anything downfield. But you still land on the weekly weenies. I'm sorry. I love you. But you suck. <laughs> Moving on. But you suck. You suck. Devontae Adams. I'll give him a little bit of a pass. You had the flu. But if you're coming out there and you're playing a game, I expect better than point seven. All right? It he was had one catch for like five yards and negative one yards rushing. That is unacceptable. I don't care if you had Ebola. Point seven <laughs> is unacceptable. That is a hun- it's, it's truly 
the real the moving real, on the real criminal here is it's Derek Carr. He had 100 <laughs> yards <laughs> passing. Derek. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about Derek Carr here on the weekly weenies. Uh, did he? I I don't even know where to start with Derek Carr. Did did he throw a pick or did he just did he only have a hundred yards? Well, he got benched. He sucked. They got, got shut out. Benched. <laughs> he got pulled. You know how bad you got to pull. Like they, God. He scored, Derek, you are trash. He scored one fantasy point, a single. One point nine in five point. Well, it didn't matter because he didn't throw a touchdown. He had. Get yourself ready for this, Ben. This is a gem of a stat line. Fifteen for twenty-six. Okay, a hundred and one yards and a pick. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff, Derek Carr. One point nine four fantasy points. Jared, you suck. End of story. Mark Andrews. Brothers approved. This is the second. This is two weeks in a row from Mark Andrews making the weekly weenies. If I if I told you that before the season that Mark Andrews would be even be on this list at all, let alone two weeks in a row, would you have believed me? No. No. Mark, get it together. I'm not going to be too hard on Mark. Tyler Higby. I will be hard on him because. And I guess let's wrap this let's wrap this into two players because in one of my main dynasty leagues we have I'm putting Kyle Pitts on this list and not because he had a bad week but because he's had such a horrible season that in one of my main dynasty leagues I finally broke down I'm like screw it I don't I'm not starting Kyle Pitts I'm going to start Tyler Higby and Kyle Pitts has freaking like 17 points on my bench from tight end and Tyler Higby dropped like a walk in touchdown from a long, like a long distance. So that would have been a 50 yard house call. So Tyler Higby instead gets me two points while I watch my boy Kyle Pitts absolutely dominating on the bench. And I came very close to throwing myself into an active volcano. <laughs> so it was which not one, a good week for fantasy for me. Hopping into? Were you going to go Mount uh, St. Helens, Vesuvius any, again? Any, any volcano really will do. Okay, I'm not. I'm not super picky. As long as there's lava, and uh, we'll finish it off. He had a very good week for fantasy next year. Calvin Ridley, you're still <laughs> on the weekly weenies for 2022. Oh, our friendly neighborhood Calvin Ridley sighting. You want to know? Is. You want to know? I think like, that's it. The greatest fun fact ever. That we're as good as Calvin Ridley this year. Yes, there's that. We have scored just as many fantasy points as Calvin Ridley. But you know which team he was betting on when he got suspended for betting the Falcons. on the Falcons? But guess which game it was that he was betting. Oh, I don't know which game it was. He was betting on the Falcons to beat the Jaguars. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and Roger Goodell said, ooh, I see a storyline unfolding before our very eyes. And he gets traded to Jaguars. I'm sure Urban Meyer would have been so excited. Thank God Urban's not here anymore. <laughs> That'll do it for this one. Is there any breaking news? Anything happening while we've recorded this? Uh, I saw Josh Palmer earlier this week. Earlier today was like said, Josh Palmer's status has been changed from questionable to healthy. And I just got a notification that his status has again been changed from healthy to questionable. So that's fun. 
Well, if Josh Palmer does play, I, I am starting Josh week. Palmer in multiple leagues. He's yeah. like he's like one of the top waiver ads this week. Yeah, I, Josh Palmer could be very very solid because of uh, no Mike Williams, and honestly, it's very possible Keenan and Allen he's playing play Atlanta. Oh, and we saw, we just saw PJ Walker shred the Atlanta defense. So, you know what's crazy is I have not started DJ Moore all year, at all. I started him Sunday, and then I'm probably going to start him again in two weeks when they play Atlanta a second time. Oh, I would. From here on out, like you can start anybody against Atlanta. <laughs> they don't have AJ Terrell, and beyond him, there's literal garbage. AJ Terrell been getting cooked before he got hurt anyway. <laughs> he is your least favorite good player in the NFL. He's a great player, and I was so mad when they drafted him because, like, I wanted a pass rusher, and I think we could have either got him in the second or traded up to get him in the second. No, we took him in the first and let, like, granted, like, at the time, Caleb on Chason was a really good prospect, and I'm like, we need to go get him for sure because we didn't have a pass rusher, like, at all outside of Grady Jarrett. So, now we spent our first-round pick on him. Turned out pretty good. And guys like CeeDee Lamb were sitting on the board. I'm like, let's, <laughs> let's go get CeeDee. Why not? <laughs> That'll do it for this one. Uh, if you want to support the show, check us out on Patreon. Uh, find us on Instagram at FantasyBrothers underscore. Uh, we will see you later this week. We'll be previewing week nine. Have a good one. Bye. Peace. Thank you for listening to the Fantasy Brothers Podcast. If you enjoyed the episode and want to connect to us, follow us on Instagram at FantasyBrothers underscore or on Twitter at FantasyBros underscore. If you want to support the show, you can do that at Patreon forward slash FantasyBrothers.